Good morning. Uh, I am Hannah. Uh, I work part-time for the church here and have been here with my family for about a year. I'm married to Nick. And we have two very fun boys, Theo and Josh, out there. Um, And I've been asked to share a little bit of my story of Why Jesus, our summer series. If you have been here or haven't been, I'm going to fiddle around until I'm comfortable. Um, Why Jesus Matters to Me, uh, my story. And I'm sure we have all of our own lovely stories, but I get privileged to share mine this morning. And honestly... um, My story has been full of Jesus right from the beginning. As far back as I can remember, um, I've always known our story was full of Jesus and not really known anything different. I was brought up in a Christian home that was lived out in a very demonstrative faith. Um, I watched as my parents moved our family from New Zealand to the UK as a four-year-old as an act of obedience and faith, and I saw them on their knees praying for provision in a new country with five bags between us, not knowing anybody, and seeing food parcels come through the door and seeing miraculous things happen. Um, I I, um, saw them invite Jesus to our mealtimes daily, praying and bringing scripture to our meal table. That was my wonderful father. Watched as they established a church, and I saw miracles and provision and healing. And I've done all the dancing on the street in bright colored t-shirts and I've sung cute songs in old people's homes and I've played in youth bands and I've cleaned church toilets and I've served tea and biscuits, prayed for the homeless on the street and attended many church camps where lives were healed and witnessed Jesus at the heart of my story to be one of obedience and adventure. And in all of this, It was a very safe, very sheltered Christian upbringing in the shape of a Christian leader kid, you know, quiet, missionary, just be good kid. Growing up, I'd heard all of their stories about Jesus and I'd seen it all, but I didn't really know Jesus for myself. And I was reminded of two disciples on a journey of their own that I'm sure you've heard this story and it resembles so much of my own story from hearing stories about Jesus right from other people and seeing it all to encountering the risen Jesus for myself there might be tears okay just warning you so this is where I'm going today we're going to celebrate and honor and maybe receive for the first time or again the gift that the bible is and Jesus as the risen living word. It's an image of God that's not passive or unactive. It is full of faith and passion and purity and power. And if we're walking and living with him, this is the life that we can be alive in. It is a love that burns within us. This is taken from the phrase from the story of our two followers of Jesus. Didn't our hearts burn within us when Jesus opened the Bible with us? And so we're going on a journey with these two disciples. They're already seven miles out of Jerusalem. Uh, They were already just ordinary people walking on an ordinary road. But this is resurrection day. And they didn't know it. Jesus had come back to life and they had left the city 
because they'd given up. Uh, They just didn't know the truth of the story. And they're a long way out, away from what's going on. This is not a celebratory walk. This is not a good journey. This is a downcast and despondent, hopeless, confused and given up journey with no idea what is happening. And this is where we find them. If you have your Bible, uh, we're going to read from Luke 24, 13 to 30. It should hopefully come up on the screen. Luke 24, 13, on the road to Emmaus. Now that same day, this is Resurrection Day, two of them were going on a a journey to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem, and they were walking with each other and talking about everything that had happened. And as they talked and discussed with the things with each other, Jesus himself comes up and starts walking alongside them but they were kept from recognizing him. And he asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, asked, are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? He asks, what things? About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet and powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he would be the one that was going to redeem Israel. And what's more, it's the third day since all of this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but they didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the woman had said. But they did not see Jesus. He said to them, how foolish you are and how slow to believe all that the prophets had spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter into glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what he was what was said in all of scripture concerning himself. Must have been a long walk, right? (laughs) And later on, when he was with them at the table, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him. And he disappeared from their sight. And they asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened scripture to us? I don't know whether you've heard that story before, but it's just, I think it's cool. And here they are as they walk away. Jesus appears to them, and that itself is, I think, brilliant. Jesus, who that day had come back to life, he literally could have been anywhere, right? He could have been on resurrection conferences and parties and parades and doing miracles. And I don't know, what do you do when you've been resurrected from the dead? It seemed like he could have been anywhere else. But we find him here spending time with people where they're at and cooking breakfast for fishermen and bringing their souls back to life. And you may be sitting here thinking that you you might have a really rubbish story and you've heard this stuff before, but I'm here to tell you that Jesus comes to find us where we're at this morning and bring our hearts back to life. And he says to them, what are you talking about? It's a really simple question, and 
If we think about that for a moment, if he walked in right now and asked you this today, if he came in alongside the walk of your life, what would you say to him? What's your internal dialogue? What's on your mind? What's in your heart? What's, what are your hopes, your dreams? What are you wrestling with? What would you say to him? And their dialogue is just brilliant. Like, are you the only one who hasn't heard? Are you serious, Jesus? And they start telling Jesus about Jesus. From their own perspective and understanding, like we thought he was this guy that was going to redeem Israel, except it didn't work out, and we've got a missing body, and no one has seen him, and we've got word from other people, and, and the worst thing was that they took their friend's word for it, and they'd left the city, they'd left their community, I mean, what a story to walk in. No wonder they were confused. You see, when we don't recognize who we're in the presence of, we can write a whole other story. We can be walking around alongside the crucified, risen Jesus, and yet our stories can be very different. And I love this. I can so relate to the disciple story, and this is the root of why Jesus, for me, because this is where he finds me. On very ordinary days, in very ordinary circumstances, he meets me over and over. Often in my most hopeless, because amongst all of the great stuff of my faith journey, I've known very real, deep brokenness, long periods of heartache, depression, I thought there would be times that I was utterly alone and I carried shame for years and I've known and still live with fractured family relationships that are very hard and f fractured friendships and have parented imperfectly on too many occasions. I've sat with doubt and anger and disappointment and unforgiveness and I've turned away from communities too many times. You name it, I've, you know, we're human. And it's been in these times where I have been downcast, just like the disciples that I've known, his gentle voice. Hannah, uh, what are you talking about? What's going on? What's your chat about today? Remember the story that you're a part of. Turn around, look at me, change your conversation. Don't go there on that path. Sit with me and read of me. Find me in scripture. Look up. Changing my perspective of who I am and who he is to me. Reminding me of his goodness, his kindness, his grace, his salvation, his sacrifice for me, his caring presence. And this is what he does. This is who he is. He brings hope to the hopeless from lack to abundance, from fragments to wholeness, from fear to faith, from storm to peace, darkness to light, drought to rain. And he walks with me whether I see him or not, whether I feel worthy or not. He's always speaking truth into my soul over and over. From, from beginning of scripture, to the end, he's there, revealing himself and explaining himself, speaking into my soul. And, 
Our disciple friends would have known his voice. They would have seen his stories in the past in Jerusalem. They would have, they would have known who he was. And this also, like my story, I was sometimes full of my parents' stories of their faith and their miracles, and I was part of it, of course. Or some current preach that I'm well into, or some new worship leader, or some new song, or some healing testimony on YouTube. It's, it's all brilliant, and they all have wonderful value, but I've come to realize that it doesn't matter how many times I attend church, how many songs I sing, how many accounts I hear of Jesus until I have had a revelation and encounter of the living word, the risen Jesus, then they're all someone else's word for it. Until I'd encountered his deep love for me, I just, or read his truth over me, touched the hem of his garment and pushed through the crowd myself. It was just other people's stories. And I encountered Jesus as a 10-year-old, just very ordinary day in my bedroom. I'd been thinking about my dad, and he'd let me off the hook. He'd shown me grace, my earthly dad, and just this revelation of who he was and how great my heavenly father was. Just God met me that day and gave me a vision and a dream about worship that I carry to this day. He planted in me a burning heart that carries a deep ache. a deep ache and longing for revival and freedom for the brokenhearted that has grown over the years. And I've known this redemptive call from a young age to consecrate that life to him. It's what he has put in my heart that sticks and has value. And every time I try and walk away from that story, from what I'm supposed to be doing, or try and make a different path or get lost in what other people say I should be doing, he gently brings me back and brings my heart alive again. Psalm 84, 5 says, Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose heart are set on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. They go from strength to strength till each appear before God in Zion. When we encounter the Lord and his word, seeing more and more of him through faith, we are transformed from one degree of glory to the next. Because Jesus, when, when he takes us in his hands, our brokenness becomes something else. So he walks with them, he stays with them, and as they tell him of the story they have written, these disciples, he walks with them in their valley, But he doesn't leave them there in their story. What does he do? He opens up scripture. He becomes the living word of God. And he brings the written word of God right into their situation, right into their conversation, right into their thinking. He changes the course of their story and their future with the Bible. And this feels familiar again. Do do you have times where you're caught up in the story of your own? Almost daily, right? And so Jesus would say to us today, what are you talking about? Because it matters to me. All that's going on in your heart, it matters. Tell me and be honest. Because he's not intimidated by our skepticism. 
and he's not put off by our questions and our doubt. He joins us there. It's really beautiful. And why did he go into scripture and open the Bible on this journey? Like, uh, they're probably tired anyway, right? I think he understood what the Bible is, and even the Bible tells us what the Bible is. It's food for our soul. Sometimes it's a meal that nourishes us and sustains us and brings us back year after year after year, the same little piece of scripture that keeps us going. Sometimes it's just enough so we can see God and ourselves, a glimpse of him, you know, like you'll open your Bible and go, ah, thanks, and then you carry on. And so, you know, sometimes it's just a different sort of meal. We eat because we have to eat, right, for, for sustaining us. We, we sang about it this morning. And so much of scripture has sat with me over the years, and every time I read it, like many of you, I'm sure, it starts to burn within you and becomes a bit of a, a battle cry. <laughs> Colossians 1.18, 20 is a favorite. He was supreme in the, this is from the message, he was supreme in the beginning and leading the resurrection parade, he is supreme in the end. From beginning to end, he's there, towering far above everything and everyone. So spacious is he, so expansive that everything of God finds its proper place in him without crowding. Not only that, but all the broken and dislocated pieces of the universe, people and things, animals and atoms get properly fixed and fit together in vibrant harmony, all because of his death, his blood that poured down from the cross. And this stirs my worship. This wakes me up to what I'm a part of. The Bible is so many things. These are just a few. It tells us the Bible is a light to our path. It is the sword of the Spirit. The Word of God is living and active because it's him speaking right next to us. Helps give rhythm to our lives. It gives us clarity and vision helps us understand the bigger context and story that we're a part of. It's been wisdom in seasons of my life. It awakens us to who God is. It can help us order our lives well, speaks truth over us and into our story. And Jesus made himself himself known through the Bible as they walked. He told them everything. And later on, when they sat down and Jesus broke bread and their eyes were open to him, their conversation changed They turned their story around from something somebody else had said to something really personal and passionate. Were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened scripture to us? Looking back, they could see what Jesus was doing. This is also very familiar. Looking back, we get to see what he's been doing in our lives, whether we see it at the time or not. And so they get up, their hearts are awakened, they return to Jerusalem, and these two become witnesses of the risen Jesus Christ because they had met him. They return to their community. They return to where Jesus wanted them. And I don't know where you're at this morning, online, uh, people all over the world. If you're searching for him this morning, a good place to start is the Bible. He's in it all to read of him, get to know him and what he would say and maybe recommit to walking with Jesus today. There is no season outside of his heart for us. He loves us too dearly to be walking and talking 
this way. And there's so many wonderful resources. I've spent time reading the Bible with friends um, using Lectio Divina. It's a traditional monastic practice of reading scripture which has just transformed the way I read the Bible and everybody will have their way, you know, journaling, all sorts. But this has really helped me just to read and meditate and repeat and read and, and pull out things that really stand out and then pray and contemplate. It just is slowed it all down for me and it's been brilliant but you know ask your friends how they read the bible or there's another lectio 365 app that's eight minutes and it talks brilliant a bible in a year is another app and just an encouragement this morning i guess you know we're not alone in this walk the risen jesus has a greater story for us um maybe we could be attentive to his voice this morning as he meets with us um, if you're feeling far from him or you feel like your story needs to be interrupted and changed, we have time at the end for prayer. Um, but we're going to share the Lord's Supper right now and I'm going to hand over.